This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I am your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we provide content around the integration of holistic mental health, well-researched evidence-based education, and parenthood. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're so excited to have you all. And tonight we are doing the live discussion Q&A and roundtable discussion on the book Talk With Her by author Kimberly Wolf, And uh, with some special guests, some friends of mine, um, Sean, Nate, and Jason, other girl dads who are going to be part of the conversation, all talking about this book, answering um, some questions for them and also answering your questions. So um, I can't wait to hear what you have for us and what you bring in and what you want to ask us, whether it's asking Kimmy or myself or the other dads. Um, but so excited for tonight. So excited to have these guests um, here and to be able to talk about this really, really important field guide, um, essentially for dads, uh, on helping, uh, and guiding and raising daughters. Um, so without further ado, I just want to welcome the rest of the team here. Um, and I'm going to have kind of Kimmy kind of share first and foremost, kind of why she wrote this book. Like what was the, what was the idea behind this? What brought her to thinking about this? Like why, why do we need this book in, in this world? So there's a lot I could say, obviously, but growing up in Los Angeles, I was just very aware from a young age of the multitude of questions and challenges facing girls as we grew up. And I was really interested in the impact of the media and how we were learning about ourselves and our bodies and what we needed to know. And I studied the topic in college at Har at Brown and in grad school at Harvard. And I have built my career around girls' well-being, particularly with regard to girls' wellness media and wellness education. And I was, I'm a little bit of an unlikely fatherhood expert, I realize. But what happened a little, you know, about 15 years into my career is that I was launching a girls' health platform and I started talking to a lot of men investors, advisors, educators, and a lot of them turned out to be fathers of daughters. And so the conversations quickly turned to me offering personal advice and answer to questions that I was honored to be asked. The first of which was, I just got divorced. Can I start dating again? Or will that hurt my daughter? Um, other questions followed in all of my meetings. And so my focus turned towards the father-daughter relationship because I was talking to all of these men who I would have thought just had all of the answers. But even though they felt like they had all the answers in all areas of their life or seemed to, they didn't seem to have all the answers when it came to daughters. And so that got me down this path of looking at the research around the father-daughter relationship and how essential and important it is. And as a gender studies major myself um, and a scholar of gender, I became really interested in those dynamics. And I shortly thereafter called my own father and said, dad, was I really that much harder to raise than my brother? And he said, oh yeah, absolutely. Without mm. question. And that really inspired me. And I thought this has to be a bigger conversation. We have to talk about this more. Men need answers, not just for themselves, but for the betterment of our girls and the next generations for everybody's well-being. Mm. And, uh, Everything you just said about why you wrote the book and the passion behind it and kind of 
what you're hearing in kind of the business world and the men you're working with and realizing that we needed this guide, I think, you know, I've read the book a couple times actually now, not every single middle part of the book, but I've definitely skip, skimmed each and every one of the questions multiple times prepping for this. That's okay. And Always say you yes, can jump you can, around. And I do jump around. Um, and, <laughs> you know, reading it from the get-go, I immediately felt invited in as a dad. And we've had a, a separate recording specifically with you on this book, um, on the podcast, and, and I got to share a bit more about my experience. But um, before we jump into kind of some other questions, I just wanted to welcome the other guys, Jason, Nate, and Sean, other girl dads. Can you guys just say hi real quick and do a quick intro of who you are and kind of what you do and kind of how many kids you got, how many girls? Sean, you go first, Sean. All right, I'll go first. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, my name's Sean. Uh, I am the uh, lone Canadian over here. Uh, and I have two girls. So, uh, my first daughter, Zoe, who is just about three, uh, going on 10. And then uh, my newest daughter, uh, her name is Olivia. She is just over three weeks old. So, I'm a little sleep deprived. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Oh. Go ahead, Jason. You said you had the wow, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been there. Um, my name is Jason Linton. I live in Oklahoma. I have two girls. One is eight years old, just turned eight, and the other one is 14. And, um, yeah, I, I saw a lot of my situations in the book. And so I definitely am armed to the teeth with allegories for for our discussion. <laughs> uh, I'm Nate. I'm just outside of Nashville. I am a father of five with one on the way, but two are girls and we don't know about this next one. My wife says she feels like it's girls. So we could be uh, three and three by the time it's, it's all said and done. Um, but my oldest girl is 16. So there's a lot in the book that I was like, okay, I really need to talk about this. Like I need to like, <laughs> like the social media. We, I'm sure we'll get there, but like the Snapchat thing is like in my face right now. I mean, she's constantly wanting it and I keep pushing it off. Um, and then I also have a three-year-old and she is, uh, like you said, three, uh, but like, yeah, going on 10, maybe 30, whatever. Um, <laughs> and for those that don't know, I'm Travis. Um, I have three kids, two boys, and my youngest is a daughter who will be two years old uh, this December. Um, and so I think where I'm at is, is kind of prep work. I'm, I'm getting ahead of the curve, so to speak, to, to prep for having uh, kind of an elementary school daughter, teenage daughter, and learning from obviously this book along from some of the dads that have older daughters like Jason and Nate. Um, so, you know, I kind of, I'm going to turn to them as the veterans when I have questions. Uh, and, uh, thankfully we have a working relationship that I can text them and ask, what do I do, Jason and Nate, when it comes to this or Kimmy, Hey, Kimmy, you're a girl. Please help me with this. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. am. Yeah. Help me with this. I'll yes. be your guide. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm very excited to have this with all these, these other dads and, and with Kimmy to have this conversation, just kind of raw and open. And as you're joining those who are going to be watching live, um, begin, you can start dropping questions anytime in, and we will have, uh, really the second half of this conversation is going to be just asking questions and answering questions. Um, so that's what this is about. Um, we're not going to go over everything in this book. Um, 
so go buy the book, get the book. Um, I also have an episode on my podcast, Therapy for Dads, um, on which me and Kimmy kind of talk a little more in depth about the book. Um, but tonight's really about answering your questions and kind of getting feedback from these other dads on their experience reading the book and kind of what stood out for them. And so that's what that's where we're going tonight, just to kind of give you a slight roadmap. Um, and uh, yeah, so with that said, um, I'm wondering... As guys, you read the book. What what was like the most profound thing that stood out to you as you were kind of flipping through the pages and absorbing the information as girl dads? I I, yeah, I hate all. so the uh, everything covered in the book. I'm like it's a little ahead of my, in my future here, uh, but that was like the key. As I was like reading slash my wife makes fun of me because I listen to a lot of books and I call it reading. But anyways, as I was reading and listening to the book, I was like every anxiety and stress I have about having daughters and like being present and being a good dad and how to help them. Everything that I've been stressing about for three years is covered in the book. So like, there's not one specific thing. It was just the whole book. I was like, ah, it's just a sigh of relief. I was like, okay, like, this stuff is normal and it's okay to be stressed about it. And like, there's somebody that's walking me through it. So that was it for me as I was just like, it felt like a immense weight was lifted off my shoulders when I was reading the book. That was it for me. Thanks, Sean. I think for, yeah. for me, it was, I guess when it, when it was, when you were talking about guys asking you the questions about, what to do with their daughters and i'm like wait so everybody else is clueless just like me (laughs) seriously like i like i went to school for like i I did psychology like i like i some of the stuff i know what my daughter's gonna say before she says it but there comes some times where it's like wham like i'll just sit there dumbstruck and i'm like I'm like, I have the comprehension of a five-year-old right now <laughs> and she's towering over me intellectually. <laughs> and and it, it was to know that other people that were powerful and successful, they were also brought down to to bear like, oh, wow, I really don't, don't know what I'm doing. But also the book puts it in context that it's okay to, to feel like that. And the book is there not to make me feel intimidated, but to empower me to get into it with those, those situations and not to feel like I'm going to always feel like this. Mm -hmm. Or that you were behind the ball ever, because I think that is where a lot of people, because of all of the myth and the anxiety around father daughter relationships, which starts as soon as people find out they're having a daughter, which is like, well, just wait. And that's like such a big message. It's so damaging. And so everybody is just like, okay, my daughter's coming. I better not mess it up. Yes. Yes. Like I'm looking around the corner like, is it now? (laughs) Is is the thing now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad that I'm glad that spoke to you because it's true. That was really a big, a big focus of mine in writing the book. I mean, I, you know, I am very close with a lot of men in my life and I have a lot of male mentors. It was men who shepherded me through my early career. I got very lucky in Hollywood. I worked for the best men in Hollywood early on and I 
you know, for me, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is, this is, this is awful. Like we can't have everybody be so concerned about this because in fact, you know, what I always say is this book is not about everything that you have to do right. It's about what you're already doing right. I think I have the oldest daughter in, in the group, in the group of, of guys, I think. And it validated a lot of stuff where I was like, what is happening? Like it, it helped me kind of feel not crazy because <laughs> there were points in which like, I think you even said it at one point, it's like, yeah, you're going to like lose arguments. And I don't, Oh, I don't lose arguments. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you do. And, and then I'm like, that's a, yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm like, oh, yeah. And and usually it was like a storm off. Like I didn't storm off, but she would like storm off. At one point, she was on the stairs. At point, turn around, I was like, I hate you. And I'm like, man, that that cuts. That cuts. Like my boys destroy my stuff. You're destroying my heart. Like what is that? I think at one point, and it, honestly, it really did validate a lot of stuff where we've had pretty honest conversations. We're pretty raw in my, in my house. And so, um, like when we, when we feel it, we say it kind of thing as much as we can. And we try to exemplify that for our kids. And so I remember being like, what happened to the daughter that wanted to curl up in my lap and hang out? Like, where did that go? Cause now you're like, you're an idiot and I don't want to be around you. And I'm like, I'm the same guy. What just happened? Did my dad jokes just start dropping really bad? <laughs> what was the story there? They're not landed. Yeah, they were not. They're not landed. <laughs> no, no. She's got that look. She's got a look that'll just is like, you're dumb. And she <laughs> and I was like, awesome. That that's fun. We were cool before, and now we're not. Yeah, yeah. It, it was actually very valid. Like it was, there was a ton of validation going. All right, I'm not. I'm not crazy. This is actually part of like the growth side of things, and. And I mean, I don't, I, I know what you're saying. Like people are like, oh, just wait. Like, it, like, oh, you, like they're cuddly and all that. And then they're just going to bring out the fangs. And I hate that. Cause you're right. I feel like it's really damaging to how, like, we're just like, waiting for the shoe to drop. But, um, but there is a change. And if you're not ready for it, it can feel like that. And, you know, I mean, that's the way it felt for me for, for a good minute. Yeah. It's also yeah. so, I have found with all of the interviews that I've done in the hundreds and of personal conversations I had just in the writing of this book. I mean, there's so many moments where it just, it also makes men feel really sad. It's like really sad. Those moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked to one guy and he goes, she just doesn't want to hold my hand anymore. when we go to school. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to more guys who were like, she doesn't want to hold my hand anymore. And you go to school, you know, it's really, those things are real. Um, mm-hmm. And you do feel very shut down. Um, and on the validation point, it's like, if you, feel like a loser you're a winner because if you're there to catch the attitude and the negativity like you're still a winner because if you're not catching attitude and she's not you know shutting you down and you're not your dad jokes aren't falling flat that means that you're not present like if you're present then you're getting a lot of negative feedback right yeah give me one thing you said that is such a this sums up kind of what i was thinking so like I'm not a big like self-help book type person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people are, and that's fine. I'm not. And this is not that, like you said, it's not like, here's the steps of what you need to do to get this result. It's like, here's the situations. And like, here's what you're probably already doing. Here's like some insights. Like it's, it's not, uh, I don't know the word. It's not like preachy. It's just like pure knowledge that. Yeah. 
I can't imagine not having this book. And like, this is going to be by my bedside table like every six months and being like, oh, here we go, here we go. And like like Nate and Jason said before, I think before we started, it's like, this is just going to be like a go-to guide. When, when something comes up, it's just like, all right, what chapter is that? <laughs> well, thank you. I'm so glad. The, you know, so the book we've taught, people have referenced these, this middle chapter where there's, there are these, you know, each scenario, there's a chapter in the middle of the book, which includes briefs on 19 key topics. And the inspiration for the design of the book is come straight out of the business world. All of these conversations with men started in business meetings. I've been an educator and a parent educator and a kid educator for a long time, but I also came up in my career supporting a lot of men and, you know, as an executive assistant, a creative director, different in in different ways. And the, and I've read, I love self-help, but I love business books because it's just a framework and helping you navigate what you need to navigate. It's, you know, these briefs are on topics like body positivity, mental health, college, social media, sex and love, breakups, college admissions, financial aid, everything. And they're just meant to help you look good. You know, here's some background because all of these topics I found And also this came, I was a school counselor for a time and I, you know, I found that so many people just didn't know where to start. Social media is a perfect example. And, you know, even for those of us who work in social media, I would argue the kids are ahead of us on it in a lot of ways. They're catching a lot of stuff before we are. It's built for that. Um, You know, how many meetings are like, okay, well, if we can make this go viral with kids, you know, how do we do that? however unethical. (laughs) Um, And um, so that's really how the book is written. So I'm, I'm so glad Sean that it, it resonated with you in that way because it isn't written like a self-help book in the, in traditional way. It's not a traditional parenting book. It's really more, it's more comes out of the business frameworks that we're familiar with. Yeah, no, it's great. Mm. And I love the, um, how you set the stage two with like, was it 25? Was it 28, 29, 30, 30, you know, 30 things to kind of just prep and they're real quick and short and sweet and simple. But I think getting to the point of our kind of call as dads with daughters. And you said something earlier, Kimmy, about kind of in a way that part of society has already set us up to fail, kind of like, oh, get ready. Kind of it's this fear tactic. Mm-hmm. So do you have, what can you speak on yeah. that, Kimmy, quickly? And then guys, what do you think about that from having being a girl dad? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak quickly because I'm so interested to hear what everybody has to say. But this is kind of my soapbox, especially in the writing and the publishing of this book. You know, right now we're talking a lot about girls' empowerment. We're talking a lot about girls' well-being. We're talking a lot about kids' well-being. We're coming out of the pandemic. It's especially precarious for young girls. Um, and... Men are still not, in my opinion, um, as valued members of the so-called like feminist movement as as I think we should be. People are still like, how is this like somebody was like, isn't this book about fathers of daughters like really niche? And I'm like, I, you know, that kind of got me. Right. I mean, I said, well, it's just it's for fathers of daughters all across the globe. I think that's like a pretty big (laughs) group of people, but you know, people, and then somebody was like, yeah, but it's, it's fathers of daughters who also care about parenting stuff. (laughs) 
I, I think that's mm. really problematic. Um, yeah. And so I think that all of this, and I, I think that we're just getting there. I don't fault people. Yeah. I think we're stuck in some old paradigms, mm-hmm. you know, even with the, you know, really amazing yeah. fatherhood parenting movement that's out there. It's still going to take time to, you know, for everybody to kind of get it, that this is so important. And if we want, you know, and even if it was just girls, but it's not just girls, people read this book and they know that it's for everybody. But, you know, even if, if it was just girls, fathers are an integral part and father figures. And it, that's not to say that, you know, this isn't to be exclusive of people who don't aren't close with their fathers or don't have immediate father figures. But for girls who have father figures, it can be incredibly integral to their development and well-being. And I think um, one thing that you you spoke to in the book that really um, got to me is as a, as a dad, um, when you, when we're getting older, we kind of get to this place where we feel like we're this sage and we have all this knowledge and we want to impart it to our kid, especially our girls. Cause we don't want anybody to run game on them. And we, <laughs> and we want to do all this stuff. And, and we, we forget, um, we don't really take into uh, thought the mm-hmm. tone that we bring it across and it's like we can be here and we're like, I'm giving you good stuff. And our kid is like, whatever. And it's and I think when you said to speak to your child as if they're an adult, like speak to them with that type of respect, like you would appear. Um, but it's not like you're letting them run their own show, but you're speaking to them as if they're a peer and as if they can understand what you're saying to them and giving them that respect. And I was like. Am I am I guilty of coming over the top and being like, hey, I'm Gen X. We were cool. We did this before you. Like we get <laughs> caught up in those type of culture, little things. Uh-huh. And I'm, because we don't want to be ashamed of who, who we are, like generationally. Right. And Gen <laughs> X is, I mean, clearly the coolest. But, <laughs> but but when but when but if I'm imparting that that knowledge or just sharing the ideas with my kid, they may not want to like subscribe to them. And I, and in your book, it's like telling me, Hey, she might not go at what you're saying and you got to hold your game face and be okay with that because it's part of individuation. Like she's walking into herself and I'm like, okay, I need to change up the way that I speak because I really thought that what I had to say was quite grand (laughs) and it it should be received as such. (laughs) I would say that what you have to say probably is quite grand and, you know, developmentally, the more often that you repeat yourself within reason Mm -hmm. and you have these sound bites, you know, I always say they may not listen to you, but they can hear you. And Mm -hmm. when we repeat ourselves. And when we talk about our values and the things that are important to us with our girls, with our children, the more likely they are to return to those beliefs and integrate those beliefs into their own lives when their brains stop are fully developed in their twenties. Um, and so it's really important groundwork. You know, what's important is not to get stopped up and not to stop talking just because she's not responding the way that you would like. Um, you can call my own dad, talk to him about this. He's an expert. <laughs> and, and real quick, I wanted to speak to what Kimmy said is that, you know, I think meeting you guys, you dads, and a bunch of other dads through this journey on this podcast, 
Um, and I know that's not even close to how many dads are really involved with parenting. <clears throat> but I think we still live in this kind of conception that there's still so much, I feel like, um, gap and distance between what we see on social media and what's talked about. We, we talk about more about it's the old tropes of what, you know, uninvolved fathers that are just not helping, not helping with mental load, just that don't care, that are just a, that are stuck in like the patriarchy and things like that. And while that does exist, yeah. yes, it does. <clears throat> I think what gets missed is all the dads that really, truly are involved, engaged, trying to change things that how they're parented and trying to really be involved and help and to be engaged and to help their partner and, and to really balance things out. And I think that's what it gets missed. I think with why this book is so relevant and important is because it really is inviting the, it's inviting men in and, and not shaming them, not, not, um, beating them down. It's, it's, it's not kind of, it's not like an, I gotcha, you know, book of, but it's really just dad, you guys yeah. matter. Here's why you matter. Here's the research. Here's the importance that you play. And here's how you can be better. Here's how you can kind of take what you already know that you're already doing, and here's how I can give you some more tools and more skills and then give you a roadmap to these conversations. Um, because, you know, reading these things, even looking at this for myself, like as a trained therapist, I'm like, I don't, these are, this is great. I don't know. I have no idea what I would say to my daughter on some of these topics. And I'm reading, I'm like, this is good. I'm using it. Like I'm going to come in and use this book because, but, but it, I want to say that you guys are really amazing fathers and men. And, but there's so many other dads out there. So I want, I want people to hear that there's really a lot of amazing men, um, that are, that are doing things differently. And I think we need to see more of that. I think we need to talk more about that versus just the, the classic, like, all the stuff that we hear that is so anti and against and and kind of pointing the finger still, which I, I don't, it doesn't help the conversation, doesn't make a difference. It just continues the divide rather than, okay, sure, now what? And I think this book is kind of like the now what? Like, okay, let's actually deal with it. And here's how we make it better. Is here's how we, if we equip dads to become better and more engaged, well, then we're going to change everything else, right? So, um so I wanted to just comment on what Kimmy said before, uh, just what, prior to what Jason mentioned. And, um, and yeah, I just, I'm so honored by you guys because you guys really are doing, doing the work um, at, at different stages and really, you know, knowing you personally outside of this and hearing what you guys are doing, like really are doing the work as fathers, um, not only with your daughters, but with your, with your, with your other kids, although for Sean, you just got daughters, but, um, for Nate and Jason with your other kids and with your, and with your spouses and your partners, like you guys really are. And so I I think the world needs to see more of these types of stories and, and, and and a book like this that really is saying, Hey, let let's, let's really celebrate this. Let's celebrate who men are in, in, in relationship to their daughters and, and their lives and and, um, and spread the good news rather than just kind of constant negativity. So I, I really am thankful for this. Yeah. And yeah, you guys in that sense. I, I think um, I think the book kind of lets a lot of men know, hey, it's still okay to mm-hmm. learn because a lot of us, the general consensus is that once you get to a certain age, you're supposed to have everything figured out and so I think when we get into the whole patriarchy thing, that's why some some men or some dads kind of like, they operate in a concrete way. Like this is the way that I've known to do it, and it works for me. Da 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 da. 
and they don't know, hey, buddy, you can you can still learn. And I didn't know how much I had to I had to grow until like the world got open to me. Like I did some psychology courses and I was like, wait, critical thinking. Wait, what? <laughs> like all of this stuff until the, the point, like even the other day, um, like I'd said something insensitive to my wife. I was like, um, at nighttime, you're always like upset or something like that. When we were like trying to get things uh, and she was like kind of snipping at me and I'm like, you're upset at night. Da, 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 da. And and it, it made the whole situation worse. Open mouth, insert foot. And then I really like I employed the critical thinking and I sat down and I was like, I beat myself up first. Negative self-talk, always faithful. <laughs> then, then I then I, I stopped and I was like, wait, in our entire marriage, I I fit into one sense of a role. And she like took up the slack on a lot of different stuff where like I was not present to help her. And here she, if she's asking me to pick up, like, hey, Jay, can you pick up those shoes? And she's asked me about five times. And I said, hey, give, give it a minute. And she goes and trips over that shoe two hours later. And she's upset. Now I'm telling her, despite you asking or requiring all of this help, now when I don't give it to you, you must be nice to me. <laughs> and And I sat there and I really like applied this thing to myself. And I'm like, this is going to be an expensive apology, but I am going to apologize because she deserves it. And not only will I apologize, I have to continue this thinking into learning a different way to be supportive and to be present. Even me that people say, oh, he's such a great dad. man. Every day I'm learning so many new things. And that's that's one of the things that I think we might be burdened as uh, dads that we need to have everything figured out. We can still learn. And that takes a lot of the sting out of the stumbling that we make as fathers because you stumble. It doesn't mean you absolutely failed. It means, hey, you just learned that there's a wrong way to do this. And there's resources. Thanks to Kimberly that we have these resources to be like, wait, what's it say in this chapter? And we can get it figured out. And I think the more that we make that appealing to more fathers through stuff like this that we're doing right now, they'll be less scared to crack open a book and be looked at as not having it figured out. No, I'm mm -hmm. still learning. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. I'm not screwing up. I'm, I'm just learning. Yeah. I think that actually, that goes to how you interact with your kids, like whether boys or girls, but like specifically with your daughters in this, in this instance is like, I don't, I don't know everything. And, and the hardest part I think for guys is saying that is being okay with that. There's so many of the ego sits in there like mm -hmm. I'm dad, I'm right. I know what's going on. And you know what? The truth is not, you don't with your daughter cause you're not a girl. So like, you don't get to say that and distinct disadvantage. And be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we were coming in, but the thing that I, what I liked about it is it's, it's almost like, I almost felt like the book itself is like, this is when, when she starts to become a woman is when most guys start to bow out. Right. We start to like yeah. back and be like, Oh, you gotta go to your mom for that. Uh, or mm -hmm. because honestly, I, I don't know, like period stuff. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what's going on there. And I'm okay. Like I'm one of those guys that I'm totally okay with talking about it. Like it doesn't bother me, but I also yeah. don't want to embarrass the snot on my daughter either. So it's kind of like, yeah. Hey, I'm, I, I know about it. So if you, 
need to talk and you don't have your mom, <laughs> you know, like for this instance, for my, my world, it's like, if you don't have your mom or you, your bonus mom, then I can talk about it. You know, like, it's okay. But the thing that I think a lot of dads do, and I know I did too, was I would like push her towards the woman in her life mm-hmm. because I don't know any of this stuff. And I didn't grow up with girls. So it was just me and my brother. I, it's all complete dude over here. Like I have no idea. And, <laughs> um, and so it was, it was like one of those things where I was like, yeah, you should probably not come to me for that. But the book, the book really is like telling us don't do that. Like get in there and be okay with fumbling and falling and looking stupid or feeling stupid. Um, and you said it, it's like, if you're, if you're getting all the eye rolls and all that, then you're winning. And, and I, I'm, I get that because as that's happening, I'm going, she just knows I'm here. That's, and that's really, that's all our kids need is to know we're here. Mm-hmm. And, and as she's becoming a, a, a woman, uh, like doing, like transitioning from just being a girl to becoming a woman. And there's a lots of self doubt or just like you're talking about like body positivity, like it just being able yeah. to have like all of those things. I'm, I'm just here for it. Like I'm your, mm-hmm. I'm your dad. So I'm, I'm here for it. I'm like, I'm in your corner. I think I've even said that. I'm like, I'm on your team. Mm-hmm. I'm on your team. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like we're, we're team you or you're, you're team feathers. This is how it works. We're with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just stepping in instead of stepping back. And I love that. It's, you know, obviously you're going to really, you're going to step in it too. Like you said, insert yeah. foot in the mouth, Jason. <laughs> yeah. You're going to do that all the time. But if I'm yeah. doing that, then I'm in the right place because, because uh, I'm at least in, I'm in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. I think too that, you know, with regard to what you're talking about, about still mm-hmm. learning, you know, it's only in the recent last four decades or so, five decades, that men's roles have transitioned where society has just greater respect for it. There's greater opportunity for men to interact. There's more expectation as well, right? Mm-hmm. For especially men of our generation to step in and be perfect and know everything. But there hasn't been a roadmap. So it's like, well, we have all this expectation and men should just know this, but we can't take anything for granted. That's what I learned when I was in all these meetings. I'm like, wait, everybody in town wants a meeting with you and it's two o'clock on a Tuesday. And you want to ask me how to handle it. If you think her shorts are too short before she leaves, <laughs> like, of course, like this is like, actually I can help you with this, but like, I'm really, you know, that was a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we could talk about clothing especially. Yeah, for sure. It's one of my favorite chapters. Um, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it as much as you do. It's it's not quite as loaded as you think it is. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that that's you know, and with regard to you know, I think so. I think we're crossing a chasm right now, and I certainly think you know men like yourselves who are speaking about it so publicly, you know, are you know kind of building that bridge. You know, we're helping get this conversation out there, and it's not you know, I think a big part of the broader conversation right now is not about men and men's needs as part of the broader cultural well-being conversation. It's kind of about everybody else, like more. And, but men are, and fathers are such an important pillar, obviously. Um, And there's still this expectation that you know everything or that you don't ask questions or that you keep it together because it's so hard for everybody else too. And so it's really important that actually everybody 
has tools and information and support, especially, you know, for instance, like with periods, that's really uncharted water. And the only thing that people were talking about for years is that, you know, the only thing that dads could possibly come up with that, you know, anybody could fathom would be like, well, are you on your period? Like, don't talk to me, you know? And that's, you know, instead of like, okay, if you ever want to talk to me about this, actually I can, you know, your female caregivers, your parents might have, your mom might have a better sense of the mechanics of that. But I understand that like, you know, you may need a manicure on a Tuesday or, you know, your favorite snacks or whatever. Like I can be there for you on that, you know? Yeah. I I feel like um, there's a lot of grace that's out there if you show graciousness, because I remember the first time going to the the Walmart um, and I had my daughter with me. It was the fantastic day and <laughs> we were going to get the products and I smiled with it because she actually came to me like because I was working at the same school and she came to me. I was like, you didn't want to call mom? She was like, no. I was like, I was like, okay. So yeah, I was like, like that's right. a trophy moment. Like, that's something yeah, you really proud of. Like, if I, if I yeah. handed out badges for this, you'd get that one. Oh, I was so proud. <laughs> and so um, we, went to, we went to Walmart and I realized that my pride was mistaken because when I stepped into the pharmacy area and I, like, I never had all of my security and my wisdom removed from me so quickly as in that moment when I stepped into the aisle and I saw all of the different things. But like, my thing is like, I'm not scared to ask a question. So I went and I asked the question and before you know it, there were like three or four ladies that were chuckling at me, but they were being so supportive. And then before you know it, I went home with way too much money's worth of products, but I wasn't going to go home with the wrong one nope. because I knew that the right one was in there somewhere, <laughs> but they were so, they were so helpful. And, uh, and we came back and it was, there was no tr- traumatic uh, thing there. And with me, it's a little unique because I, I wasn't in oh, my oldest daughter. I wasn't in her life for her whole entire life because she's there. My kids, all of them are adopted, but she was adopted at the age of six. So there's stuff that, has happened that I don't know about. There's developmental markers that I, that I missed out on. So when we do have a developmental marker that's now in the teens, it's very, very important to me to know what to do. And that's why like this type of resource, like I'm gobbling it up because you kind of, I'm reading and I'm like, oh, there's me. Like I see, I see there's me. So it's okay for me to ask the question and it's okay. Like I have a social media presence And people, you know, laud me as a really good dad on there. And so sometimes people ask me for advice and I can say, I don't know, like I'm 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 learning just like you every single day and reading even just the intro of your book when you're talking about, you know, going and hiking with your dad. And I'm like, oh, and you go. Cause I'm 30 and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm, here, I'm thinking it's a throw. Like I literally, I'm watching this, like a, a movie in my head. Like, Oh man, she's like 14 years old and she's still kind of into her dad and it's going great. And I'm 30 and I'm like, wow. Like, like it hit me like, okay. So these mm-hmm. sentiments and these moments that we're making right now, they're really, really, really important going down into, and, and I'm for sure, like, her dad's a good dad, but he could not have been perfect, right? And yeah. she's good. Like, 
look at her. She's doing quite well for herself. I'm like, okay. And she still likes him. She's 30. He's hanging out with her. So I'm like, okay, I have hope. Like, I don't have to like throw myself in the, um, what is that movie where, um, the giraffe, like he goes and puts himself in a death pit because he's like, I'm sick. I'm in a death pit. Madagascar. Yeah. 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 Like that. And I'm like, and I'm like I, I don't have to be like that. I don't have to put myself in the death pit because, you know, things are bumpy right now. No, mm-hmm. I'm always careful to, you know, I, because they're, you know, my dad is featured prominently in the book. I'm really close mm-hmm. with him. When I started to actually look at the research around fathers and daughters, he was way ahead of his time. He was mm-hmm. really willing to have these conversations. He did a lot right with regard to body positivity with some of these conversations around love and sexual well-being, especially from the beginning, guiding me on college stuff. I mean, he really stuck the landing on a lot of stuff, but he didn't stick the landing on everything. And, you know, I'm always careful. I'm like, it wasn't perfect. Sometimes it's still not perfect. And sometimes he'll still, I laugh because, you know, it's like, sometimes she'll shut you down. I'm like, call my dad. Like I just turned 40 (laughs) and, you know, we might've gotten, you know, I might shut him down sometimes still. Like we're, you know, we are our adolescent selves in a lot of ways. Um, But, you know, it's like, that's the other thing. It's like life isn't about perfection and our relationships aren't about perfection. They're about communication and they're about growing over time and trying and finding ways to relate to each other and learning from each other and taking those moments like this hike with Mm -hmm. my dad when I was 30 in matching outfits, um, you know, and keeping it going Mm -hmm. that way. So, yes, your daughter's going to be good. I'm good. Your daughter's going to be good. You know, it's like if you show up and you love your kids Mm -hmm. in the best way that you can, regardless of if you live in the house with them or if you're far away and you're doing it by FaceTime or if you're deployed or if you live out of state or if there's been a divorce or if you fell ill, you know, as long as you're a consistent presence, that is what matters Mm -hmm. most. Um, you know, there's obviously providing and, you know, there's all sorts of things that matter, but I think, you know, when it comes to, there's so much pressure, especially on men to keep it all together, to be everything now. And, and there's a lot of pressure on moms too, to do that, obviously. Um, but that same pressure is on men. Um, and you know, it's about just showing up consistently and talking with them and letting them know that you're there in the best ways that you can with the resources that you have at any given time. And I think that the consistency thing too is, is so important that that's really what most, you know, when I work with in a therapeutic sense and I'm working with like a teenage girl or even adolescent girl or late adolescent, young adult girl. Um, and even boys too, it's like boy or girl, it comes down to the same thing. You know, were my parents there, were they present, were they consistent, not perfect, um, but were they consistent? Did they show up? And that's something that, you know, I, I either hear, yeah, they were, or no, they weren't. Um, and both have, uh, consequences, positive and negative on, on, on that, that impact, especially when we think of what, you know, your dad. And I think that's such a, a thing that I tend to hear when people are in my office struggling with some level of mental health issues or difficulty is, now, not all, but uh, I say a good majority that it's like, okay, we'll show relationship we'll like with your father. And it tends to be quite conflicted or conflictual, some pain there, some hurt there, or some distance there. And so, you know, I think that that consistency is really, if we could just do that, be present imperfectly and be willing to ask questions like, like Nate said earlier, um, or even Jason said, or Sean's like asking questions that we're learning as we go, like I'm still learning 
we're all still learning and that's okay. And almost like learning, being willing to learn together and put the ego down say, it's okay to not have anything figured out. And now for a short break. So if you're looking for ways to support the show and my YouTube channel, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. There you can make a one-time donation or join the monthly subscription service to support all that I'm doing at the intersection of fatherhood and mental health. And all the proceeds go right back into all the work that I'm doing into production, into continue to grow the show to bring on new guests. So again, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. Thanks. And let's get back to the show. And I think that is such a, such a challenge and call for men to say, it's okay. Like just put the ego down and ask questions. Cause you know, like Jason, you could be, you know, in the middle of a, you know, tampon aisle or pad aisle and be like, Hey, I need help. And, and that's okay. And that doesn't yep. make you weak. It doesn't make you you know, like an idiot. Um, now you might feel that. It makes you it makes absorb you- <laughs> it. <laughs> That's good. And we'll end the show. There's <laughs> dad joke of the, of the, of the, of the pod. Sorry, you laid it out, man. You do. <laughs> Jason did that one. <laughs> Sean, any thoughts? <laughs> um, so again, I'm not going through a lot of this, but a thought that's, I guess, kind of parallel to this is, um, Travis, I think I said it to you when we talked the first time, there's just, there's not a lot of resources for dads in general, um, like at all. Um, and you know, just, I guess it's kind of nice in one sense is uh, it's not nice, but so little is expected of dads. Like I take my, daughter to like anywhere and there's like people come up to me they're like oh you're such a great i'm like you don't know me like thank you <laughs> like yeah. you don't know I'm, you don't know i'm a good dad i'm just like grocery shopping with my daughter but no one mm-hmm. says like you're such a great mom to my mm-hmm. wife <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like oh you're just doing what you should be but like it's kind of like this double-edged thing where there's there's no re- very little resources for for dads and fathers um so like podcast the book this stuff is amazing um but the and the bar can be set pretty low. There's a kind of nice sweet spot in there where I watch my wife, who's an amazing mother, try and navigate talking in like group settings about being a mom and just gets hammered with negativity, mm-hmm. just judgment. It's just brutal. And yeah. talking to other dads, like I've never experienced mm-hmm. that. So it's like there's... I don't know if it's just because everything's growing, kind of like Kimmy said, like we're, it's building up is like, we're starting to get some resources. Men are starting to open up that like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, like Jason said, and we somehow are in this nice place where there's minimal, if any judgment. And it's just like, Hey, like do the best you can ask the questions, figure it out. So, I mean, it's not directly what we're talking about, but it's like the biggest takeaway I've noticed since becoming a dad and like being online and, and stuff like that. And, and having this book and just more resources for dads come out. is just so important mm-hmm. to me. And with that, my wife has started reading the book. Cause I was like, a lot of the things that Kimmy talks about in here, I'm like, you experienced in like a not great way. Like her dad's great, mm-hmm. but you know, he's from a different generation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you need to read this. Cause like 
you got some trauma that like you're going to understand more. And she started reading it. So like this should, this book is for everybody, not just dads, but all that to say the resources are coming and we're in a great spot as dads and fathers where we don't have a super judgmental um, approach or, or like view on everything from everyone else where we can, we can be open and we have that opportunity to learn and, be better. I think that's really, um, that's really sharp of you to like even highlight that dichotomy because, um, a lot of guys, uh, in social media are seen as, um, they can kind of mentally check out by being asked to do something. If they do it in the most, my son does this, he does it in the most incompetent way possible (laughs) so that I don't ever ask him to do it again. (laughs) And, uh, and like, Smart. right. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I, I thought about in, in my own journey, like I was, I was a 29 year old man that didn't have to, uh, fold the clothes after the laundry was done because I didn't know how to do fold the clothes. Right. Mm-hmm. Did I really, was I incapable? Like I built computers from scratch mm-hmm. at that time and I was a music producer. Was I really incapable of folding a shirt? the right way that would not irritate my wife. Yeah, I was capable of doing it. And she had a, she had a a method that she wanted to be done, but I went ahead and checked out. And for a lot of times in society, when a guy is clueless, it's cute. When a mom is clueless, it's, how come you don't know how to do that? Oh my God. And the more men that are aware cognitively of that, um, the more that we can make a safe space for our our mothers that are out there um, in general. And that's that's being a better dad as well. Being a better dad is not just being a better dad to your kids, but also creating a safe space for the moms that are out there that are trying. Because I remember my wife learning how to do my daughter's hair. My wife is Caucasian. My daughter's African-American, the oldest one. And so... Initially, we she got so many um, negative things said to her, like, oh, you don't know how to do her hair. Do you know how to braid? Do you know how to do this? And even people that were helping were very judgmental. And me, um, I'm putting sunscreen on Lillian, on my youngest, who's Caucasian. And, oh, my God, you're such a good dad. Like, never mind. I just rubbed the whole thumbful in her eyeball <laughs> like oh yay me and, and so like being like sean like being aware of that um it, it it's just good to be seen so when you when somebody else is in pain or they're being hurt by society the fact that you see that um is mm. that's incredible and and i think that that is something that is very appreciated mm. by anybody that's around you and uh it's not so much being a dad, but it's it's very useful and helpful. It's getting away from the us versus them mentality, you know, that like mm-hmm. that our world yeah. is so enthralled with, you know, left, right, us, them. Yeah. It's no, it's a team. It's yeah. about lifting everybody up, you know. It's it's acknowledging yeah. moms, dad, all of everyone doing, hey, you know, and in fact my wife had a story. I agree, like not everyone comments on moms, but my wife had a she shared about um a random lady at uh, a grocery store came up to her and, and she had all three kids and um, 
trying to shop, you know, which is mayhem with a six, four and like one and a half year old. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> um, but a late, a sweet lady came up yeah. and just said, just kind of compliment, like act versus just saying, what, what are you doing? But it was, an, I think probably an elderly lady came up and just said, you're doing such a great job. Didn't know her at all. And wow. she told me the story in, like, in tears. I'm like, yeah, you, of course you're doing an amazing job. But it's just, you're right. We don't, I think we're not commenting enough on what's expected of moms versus what's expected. It's like, we need to shift that. And, and it's going to take, I think yeah. you're right. Us dads doing that as well. It's a team. It's back and forth. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it's working together and growing together. And, and so I even try to, you know, not being creepily, if I see a mom struggling or something out, like, I'm like, hey, you're doing a great job. Like I'll just, you know, being mindful too of like, you know, my presence of like, yeah. you're doing a great, you know, it's great job. Bad. And, just trying to like acknowledge what people are doing and just, especially if I see, I could tell yeah. like it's been a rough day or something. I'm like, you're doing an amazing job. Like you keep going, you know? Um, and, and, and I'm wondering, you know, as I'm thinking about this and this is a you know a little more open, vulnerable question, but what, like what question, you know, you think about the book or maybe it's not in the book, but what talk are you most nervous about having with your daughter's? What's the talk that you think, or the question you think is like, mm-hmm. oh man, that I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm feeling a bit nervous. I'm on. That's the one. I'm not really sure how it's gonna go. Like, what's that question for you guys? There's like 14 <laughs> of them in that book. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm here like, what's that one question really, Travis? What? <laughs> the one that bubbles to the surface. The topic. Yeah. What's the topic? <laughs> the one that bu- I'm sure. I. I they're all for me too but what's the one it's like oh that one you know like pick one <laughs> honestly mine mine is the the it's not the sex talk it's just sex in general because unfortunately when like and dan cummins is a comedian he's extremely crass but he's awesome and i love him he's very dark but he talks about how how men will talk about their boys going to college and what they're mm-hmm. going to do there and then he's like, well, we should do the same for our daughters. And the moment he says that, like every guy in the room goes, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. And I think that uh, for for me, like having having a, a daughter that's 16, uh, she's actually uh, like she's been so kind to me, even though she does say vicious things mm-hmm. in this realm. I've been like, oh, I don't know how I handle that. And um, but she's like not really in, into boys. She's like, I don't know why these girls are so boy crazy. And I'm like, I love you so much. Just stay that way. Right. <laughs> but, but being able to look at like a 19 year old son and my 16 year old daughter and trying to have the same actual conversation with them and not making it like, like go get them son. Hey, you should stay a virgin until mm-hmm. you're married daughter, because you know, you want to wear white and you're wet. It's like stuff that is definite head trash from, my upbringing. I mean, and no matter what religious background you have, I grew up in the church. There's, it's always going to be there. And that's the way it was for me growing up. Like that's, that's the thing. And the hard part is like guys who have lots of sex with lots of women are like studs or however you want to put it. And girls are now sluts. And that is like, that's such a horrible way to like lift this up for guys and tear this down for women. And it makes it pushes them down. And I'm not saying I want my kid, any of my kids to have multiple partners and be crazy. Like, I don't, I don't want that for them. And I loved how you put this in the book because you said like the things to say are like, this is something that you can like, you don't have to put an age limit on it. Um, in the sense of like, I mean, something obviously 
mm-hmm. for me, I'm going, yeah, don't, don't do it just yet. But like at the same time, being able to say this is, this happens in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. And what I love about my wife is she's always said that like, I love, she gets, she is crass at times. So she's like, yeah, no, kick the tires, take it for a test drive. Mm-hmm. But she also is like, this is not something that you, she's like, you need to, you need to do this before you're going to just lock it down and say, this is who I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. Because what if you just never know. And that sometimes would like tear at my soul because I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I like that. Mm-hmm. But it, for me, she has enabled me to talk to my daughter more about it being more of a, like, this is a committed relationship where you are, you're together. It's not just, you know, Hey, we got totally drunk and had one night stands and all that mm-hmm. because I wouldn't want my sons to do that either. And so yeah. I, I did actually like the way you put that in the book, but that is actually the conversation that has been the hardest for me because it has nothing to do with anything other than how I viewed or how I was raised and girls are not allowed to do that. And not that boys were, but it was more okay for boys. And I'm like, well, if boys are doing that, who are they doing it with? You know, like mm-hmm. how is that happening? Somebody's that daughter. You can have multiple partners as a boy, but as a, as a girl, you can't like, so what, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't say I've done a great job at that, but that has been a, that was the, the scariest one for me to have with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I'm like, I still don't want you to do it though. Like, can you still not? <laughs> but that's, that's, that was actually the, the major, but I loved how you put it in there to like, I literally, again, it was validation for me going, okay, we're kind of on the, mm. the right track here. We're, we're not really screwing her up too bad. We're literally saying this is something that's wonderful and great. And part of a committed relationship, that's the, that's the boundaries we're going to put on that for you is to say, that's what you want. Not, you know, don't do it till you're 30. Mm-hmm. There's so much I could say about that topic. I talk about it a little bit in the book that, you know, by trade, I've been a sex educator for nearly two decades, started when I was in college. And, you know, I've seen kind of the gamut of sex ed. And I also talk to a lot of parents. I teach my curriculums called Love Class. I actually am just about to launch Welcome to Love Class on Instagram and TikTok, which is, it's actually launching this weekend, um, which is my student focused content on this topic. And I'm a Californian. I live in Texas. I teach at schools all across the country. And I talk to parents about this topic all across the country. And, you know, regardless of religion, regardless of upbringing, everybody wants their kids to be safe. They want their kids to be okay and in loving relationships that reach their potential. And they want, as parents, they want their kids to talk to them first if something goes awry. And those are the main things. Those are the ties that bind. So regardless of where you're coming from or religion, it is so, you know, Nate, I completely understand what you're talking about. And I've talked to so many people in the same place where it's like, yeah, I, I don't want you to do it right now. I want you to wait. And, and then there's this guilt, like, well, am I in the, you know, am I in the old days if I'm doing that? Well, one of the cool things about, for me, about teaching sex ed is like, I actually teach in a variety of religious contexts across the spectrum, teach in very conservative schools. I teach in very um, liberal schools by the research when people are engaging in sexual activity in loving, committed relationships, when they are a little bit older, the satisfaction, the safety, the experience is higher and less regretful. So even by the research, you can be backed up saying that. It's not just a religious thing. So, 
even if it's in your heart that you're like, I just can't handle like my daughter doing this at a young age, like you can also rest assured that like the research will back you up. Um, You know, what you, you know, what, what we want to avoid is the shaming. Right. Mm -hmm. And any of this Mm -hmm. slut shaming. And there are, you know, it's still a double standard. We would like for it not to be. And those of us who teach it and those of us who are working with young people on romantic relationships and busting stereotypes want girls to not be bound by these old school stereotypes and power dynamics, but they exist still. And when we're talking about girl, talking with girls about this topic, it's about, you know, teaching, uh, telling them the facts and helping them understand like how they can create ideal partnerships. And this is part of it. And so you can come at them with the facts and talking with them about the facts actually isn't going to make them do it sooner or more often Yeah, because if they have more information than they're not, I mean, this is a different podcast, but I've been teaching this for a long time and what I can really see the trends and I see the research reflected in how anonymous questions have evolved over time. And what is true always is that kids are very impacted by broader culture and media. And if we, as the most caring adults in their worlds, are not upfront with them about the real stuff as we know it, they're only going to take it in from culture. So we need to mm-hmm. be, we need to be a grounding sound soundboard mm-hmm. there, sounding board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I apologize. Sorry that Jason. I, I was actually going to say too that the part of part of that from our, like in our house is also trying to, I know it's about fathers and daughters is about trying to look at boys, my boys and going, this is not what we like. We don't just run around and do mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I know that culture is going to tell you that's okay. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of guys going to be like, yeah, what's your list or your like, mm-hmm. bo- like for body count. I'm like, seriously, mm-hmm. that is not how, like, that is not responsible. That's not mm-hmm. responsible manhood either Mm -hmm. so guys that do that they're they're acting like boys and if you want to be a man then you don't do that either you are loving and respectful and kind and committed as well and that makes it safe for you and for her Mm -hmm. and uh, so like yeah definitely trying to trying to like level it up for women not saying oh yeah just go out and be Mm -hmm. crazy but looking at boys and saying don't do that that's not respectful either that's not how we want to live because it tears the way I told my oldest is it tears at your soul. The more you, yeah. the more you do that, it tears at your soul. Don't do that to yourself. You know, that kind of thing. I, so I, the, one of the things, and I could go on about this, I'm going to be short here, but one of the sound bites that I find to be very effective and that often like, you know, all the guys are like, you know, I'm like, look, cause I get a lot of anonymous questions. Like, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And how do you make this happen? And how do you please her? And I'm like, well, this is not a how to class. I'm not that kind of teacher. <laughs> That's not what I do here, but I'm going to tell you that for people who are good at this, people who like want to be good in this area of life, the way people actually get good is by being in strong communication with loving reciprocal partners. And that's how you figure out what feels good to you and what feels good to other people. And that's what this is really about because, you know, there are a lot of forces that be, you know, kids are using porn, boys, especially for sex ed a total Mm -hmm. nightmare. It's a huge worry. Experts across the board are like, you want to know what to worry about? Worry about that for all Mm -hmm. of our kids. That's very Mm -hmm. scary. Um, and so it's just like when we flip it and we're more positive, I'm like, you want this to be a great part of your life? This is how that actually Mm -hmm. works. Yep. 
Um, and then it's like, oh, wow. It's like, no, actually, like, we aren't trying to ruin your fun. We actually want this to be a wonderful part of your life when the time is right. Um, and this is what we know. But it's really yeah. hard to articulate because when this topic comes up, everyone's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is so, like, my wife is so good at that. Like, when we had to talk to our oldest about it, and I was kind of like, huh, because I came on to, like, I mean, if you could raise a kid in a chastity belt, that was me. Like, my mom and my, my mom was an evangelist. My dad was a pastor. It was, like, I was celibate until my wedding day. Like, it, my dad would preach and say that I was celibate from the altar. <laughs> like, I'd be sitting there, and all the ladies in church would be like, <laughs> yeah, like, Dad, stop. But and so we had a very different approach, and I had so much learning to do when it came to the cultural aspect of mm. this topic, and and I've I've learned a lot. And my wife is, she's like, this is one of the most beautiful things that you'll ever experience in your life. And then she goes ahead and gives the context and the way that I can have the conversation. I'll say, like everything's connected. Like everything is connected. So we'll be sitting down and we'll, since the, the egg has been cracked already with my wife, we'll sit down and we'll be watching a movie and there'll be a scene in which a guy is treating a, a, a young lady a certain way. Or you'll hear something in a dialogue and my daughter will go, mm. and I'll be like, let's talk about that. What, what gives you the ache about that? And then so we'll have a conversation and I, I see like, um, being safe and being um, respected as a person is that's what I want to bring out of the whole thing. It's not just this utility of body parts that are mm -hmm. doing whatever, what have you. This, this is a whole entire person that has a whole life, a whole history that you're connecting with in this very intimate way. And you need to be sure that you're safe in that situation that you see this guy like, He's driving behind this young lady after one date and he's following. That's not safe. Did he give some red flags earlier? And so we have these conversations so that I know that she'll have that sensibility, almost like that spider sense when she's out there and she's talking to somebody just in a platonic way. She'll know like from that, oh, you know, I kind of like this guy. He's I saw the way he talked to another young lady uh, or I saw that a young lady's dress was coming up and he kind of put his coat over it. Like, well, I'm not looking for a saint, whatever, but if, if it's somebody that's looking for consent that respects a person's, a woman's whole personhood, that's what I'm trying to bring across to my daughter. That's important. And sometimes there's some certain religious tenets that don't reaffirm that mm -hmm. they don't reaffirm a woman's personhood. Mm -hmm. And, and it's very jarring for a lot of religious people. And I'm willing to step right into the middle of it and say, yeah, that's that's jacked up. What are you going to do about it? Because how are you going to how are you going to speak to this young lady's um, agency of herself? But you're telling her that she doesn't have it mm -hmm. in a certain area. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to be able to have those conversations. And in the way that you you laid out in the book, like it's not it shouldn't be scary, even though you might go into it like as a guy, I get it, Nate, like I completely get it. 
Because that's that's our reflex. It's to be like, no, not you. Yeah, right. <laughs> not you ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> Offline, I could tell you like a lot of stories dads told me in interviewing about my book where they really went wrong, but they're not for YouTube. They're for coffee. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like, like, and, I, and I try to be very, I try to be mindful in my own self as to not paint all these boys. They're all dirt bags and they're, because they're not. They're no, really yeah, not. Right. And some of them are just as dumb as I was when I was their age. Had no, like, the beginning of your book, you talk about reading Cosmo and Seventeen and stuff. This is where I went to, like, I wanted to know how girls thought. So I would read these things and I'd know what embarrassed them. I'd know what thing. Oh, that's mortifying. I thought that was a joke. No, it's not. So now I'm a dad. I know that she's not going to take that the way how I think, oh, I'm going to throw this joke about you gaining weight no yeah no no Don't yeah yeah it. no we're not no. gonna touch it yeah no. <laughs> it's the same with clothes like people are <laughs> there's certain topics where people are like well what do i say what do i so- don't say and i'm like okay so whatever you're thinking don't say that thing <laughs> whatever that thing is just don't say that thing at least not right away like definitely shop that comment with the other like caregivers in your life before you come back and say it so the that's a really good rule of thumb is like when it comes to clothing or sex or anything if there's anything where you're like i don't know this is what i'm thinking yeah not that thing let's get a flow chart (laughs) yeah what you said about clothes too is like i'm like why is it that and and this is honestly back in the day or like Mm -hmm. just being like raised with just boys Mm -hmm. it was never a thought like oh yeah well girls short they shouldn't have like short whatever or this Mm -hmm. or that and i went to christian school and uh like the guys we played shirts and skins and i'm saying that girls should just take their like clothes off either but at the same time it felt like like the the uh the dress codes are so skewed to make girls feel like they're not allowed to do stuff because mm-hmm. boys are going to think things. Mm-hmm. And, like they're responsible. Like, Yo, like we got a responsibility to teach our sons that, that like what you do and like how you think and what you do is that's on you, man. Like you don't get to blame or like blame her for that. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same, I had this conversation with my wife today. I was like, Hey, when you were, when you were younger, did you do this thinking, Oh, boys will like this. Or did you just be like, Oh, that's cute. And she's like, no, I was like, this is cute. I like the way I look in it. We and, still do that. Yeah. That's still Yeah, and as a guy, I had no idea. I'm like, oh my gosh, she looks so hot. And like, that was what I thought. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was so wrong. Like, it wasn't, it's not like, it's not for you, dude. She liked mm-hmm. it. Like, she wanted to wear it. And oh, being yeah. a dad, trying to be like, yeah, not so psycho about what she's wearing. And just knowing that like, if I see a guy looking at her like that, I'd be like, hey, I'm her dad and I will kill you. But, you know. <laughs> and you're, it's okay to feel that in your heart, Nate. Oh, like, yeah. You can feel that. It's funny because I'll say this. I'll be like, there's so much love yes. for my, my daughter specifically. Like, I love and safety followed by so much violence. So much violence. I feel like the so, flow yeah, chart. you guys get it, right? The yes. flow chart. Don't say that thing. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like it's followed by so much violence. It's like, I will, I will hurt everyone around you. Yeah. Like, I... I don't know yeah. what to do, but I try to hold that back. I love you so much. And then just shut up, you know? But <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as if it's like you're Sean, you got your daughter is going to draw a picture and somebody's going to be like, ew, that's ugly. It's the same reaction. Like, yeah, right. Whoa, don't you dare. <laughs> How did his head get bounced off the desk so hard? Right there. Sean, <laughs> go ahead, Sean. Section, no, yeah, that section, Kimmy, on, on clothing. Because like, again, like I said at the start, these are all things that like, as soon as I found out I was having girls, I was super excited. And then I was like, 
oh man, like, what do I do about all this stuff? And then that's why I said like this book was just like, it just lay, like got rid of anxiety. But the part that like, I remember I was running because I, I was, I was running and listening and it's like, they don't dress that way for the reason you mm-hmm. think they do. Like they're not dressing that way. Like Nate said, for the boy at school, most often mm-hmm. it's, they're dressing that way because they like how it looks or they're watching a TV show that their favorite character dresses like this and it makes them feel great. And like then going into how to talk to them about it, which is like the flow chart of being like, why you dress like that? That's <laughs> crazy. Or to being like, Oh, like, what do you like about this outfit? And like understanding what things they like and why they like them and truly understanding it so that you're looking at what they're wearing through more their perspective than yours. And I was like, oh, yeah, this makes so much more sense. Like, yeah. And like again, that was like a perfect example of where I was like, oh, deep breath. (laughs) Well, also, you know, Sean, your daughters are younger. What's interesting, I always say this book is for fathers of teenage and soon to be teenage daughters, because so much of the mindset starts early, you know, especially clothing is a good one, right? Like clothing for girls and clothing for boys is different. Like, you know, are the bathing suits more revealing and, you know, for one. Um, and it's true. It's just, but I think we can all take a deep breath. One, one thing I think is really interesting in this conversation is yes, we need to teach boys how to treat women better. That is our generation's responsibility. We're not there yet. So with that being said, like, this is an unpopular opinion in my field sometimes, but I'm like, I think you can also be real with girls. It's like, okay, you can wear that, but like, just know you might get this kind of attention and this Mm -hmm. is how you have Mm -hmm. to deal with it and give her a tool Mm -hmm. and be like, you don't have to take it. Or if you feel unsafe Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're beautiful, you look amazing. Look over your shoulder. Just keep looking over your shoulder. It's about situational awareness. And I think that we, it's not about slut shaming. It's not about like, this is too revealing. And, you know, you can also, and I say, you know, you workshop this approach with the other adults in your life because fathers tend to panic about clothing um, a lot uh, and overly. Um, So you have to workshop your approach a little bit before you go for it because I have seen it happen. Um, I did go to, I, you know, I actually happen to be Jewish, but I went to a Catholic school growing up and definitely and a number of religious Christian schools growing up. And I definitely saw people leaving their house and they're like, bye mom and dad. And the door would close and people would literally strip off like layers of clothing before they got in the car. Like you want to be realistic. Like we need to be realistic about like what people are going to do. And we want them to talk to us. We have to be realistic. We're, you know, if we're not, then they're not going to talk to us and they're going to do it anyway. Um, but yeah, the clothing thing is super interesting and it is about taking it off of them, you know, our own fear. Um, you know, I'm talking like I'm a father, but you know, as a parent, um, you know, it's like our own fear of what, what they're wearing. It's not as loaded for them. They're just like, I feel awesome. I want to wear this. And also like, this is what's being marketed to me. And this is what I think is flattering. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can definitely, yeah, you just, it's, it's manageable, but it's definitely a panic button. I've actually said like, look, all of this stuff that I do comes from this. I want to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't view what I'm saying as I'm trying to control you or I'm trying to push down your personality or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
just understand that when I like when I see it, my my initial knee jerk response is okay. Like you said, there's going to be this outfit. You feel great in it, and it's revealing whatever. But like this is going to draw attention. That's what I'm trying to keep you safe from because those guys that are going to give you that attention that way, in my mind, are a problem. Yeah. And so as a dad, I'm going. I'm just trying to keep you safe, and I'm just trying. Like, but the same thing is all it ends up doing. And I mean, I've had that conversation, but doing that by like saying, no, you can't wear that or all that. Like you said, uh, one of my closest friends in high school, that's exactly what she would do. Her parents were so strict and she'd come, she'd come out of like, she'd get to school, go to the bathroom and, and totally change mm-hmm. into something that they didn't want her to wear. And that's the last thing I want. So I'd rather just be able to have that conversation and say, look, I'm just trying to keep you safe. So just be aware that this is the kind of stuff that, that goes on. And just know I'm not trying to, you know, push you down. I'm really just trying to keep you safe. That's, and they can't argue with you on safety. That's one of the things I talk about in the book. Yeah, it's a really, it really lowers the temperature of some of these higher stakes and higher emotion conversations. When you're just like, look, I may not get this totally right. This may feel kind of awkward. I got to talk to you about this because I just, I'm your dad, and I need to keep you safe. That's my job. And so that's where I'm coming from. I love you very much. Sorry if I stumble here. Sorry if I make us both want to disintegrate into thin air. But, you know, I want to keep you safe. And they can't argue with it. And that kind of goes for everything. It, it works, you know, and I think it's also what we were talking about at the beginning about kind of leveling with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like we just bring it to the facts. This isn't about mm-hmm. emotion. This is just straight facts. And then we can figure out what to do with it. Right. But so often, I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm just obsessed with the faith-based aspects of these conversations across religions, because that, especially at a time where people are talking about religion more, I feel like, and have more forums to talk about religion and its impact on them and their values and their perspectives. It's like everybody, there are so many cultural forces, religion included, that make people feel like, can I say this? Mm-hmm. Can I not say it? Can I say it? It's like, no, we just, you know what? doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Everybody wants to keep their kids safe. So let's just start there. Everybody wants their kid to be safe. Everybody wants their kid to talk to them. And like, that's what I think everyone's paradigm needs to be. When I speak at schools in different geographic regions, different religions, different political affiliations or leanings, people, everybody is just like, oh yeah, okay. (sighs) We can all relax. I'm like, yeah, we can all relax. Like everybody just like, let's take down the tone of this. It's okay. And I'm a sex ed teacher talking to like 300 parents at a time. And everyone's like, Oh, thank goodness for you. And I'm like, who knew, you know, just like, I just want everybody to know, like the safety thing is so important. It's the great unifier. Right. It's, it's such a, um, it's such a difficult thing to be from my generation because I'm, I'm born in 78. So I've been from like, super conservative just because we're old and then we went into like when the religion just got into super high purity like all of this stuff and i I got marched right through it like okay this is what we're doing and then i was an adult and then i was a camp counselor and now i got my own kid i'm like okay cool and now my kid's 14 and i'm like so it it takes so much in um Oh, gosh, it takes so much purpose to have these conversations and not have them um, to be congealed from all of this stuff that would have been stamped into my brain from way back then. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much like I have to like 
like hit the brakes so many times of what I'm saying because a lot of times I won't say what I literally like like I really understand and believe it'll be because something was repeated to me so many times and so that's the first thing that pops into my mind I'm like wait nope that's hurtful that doesn't work now so we've seen like we've I've seen so many versions of parenting and talking to kids and and educating them about this subject in particular about safety and clothing and all this stuff from modesty to now where I'm like oh you don't have to be in charge of this male's mm. um, libido projection. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not your, it's like we, there has been a whole, like more than one decade where girls were taught this, like you are responsible for that boy's purity mm-hmm. based yeah. on what you're, and if you're showing him a little, like you're making him sin stumble. or whatever the word is. Stu- yeah. Stumble. Uh-huh. stumble. stumble. You're making him stumble. And you're looking at the the youth leader and he looks like he's stumbling a little bit too, but he's 30 something. <laughs> and I'm like, and now, I mean, we're at the age now where people are getting called on it because now everything's on the internet and you can't delete anything. Oh. Like mm-hmm. what you go ahead and you put it out there. And so there's and people say cancel, but I say high accountability. Mm-hmm. So people have to be accountable for their actions and the things that they say. But I'm I'm here like, okay, I want you to be free just like, because I want you to be able to, able to express yourself. But also like Nate said, like these guys are a problem. So I want you to have the tools like Kimberly said, to know how to deal with this issue. So, so if there's a certain level of an issue that's coming to you of this negativity and you think you can handle it, this is what you need to do. If it gets to a breaking point that is starting to affect your mental well-being, that's safety now. And not saying that you these guys are causing you to constrain yourself, but it's either you have to remove yourself from the situation where they're in your environment, or you're going to have to safeguard your, yourself in another way. And it sucks because we're mm-hmm. not there yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's they're what, not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. I think one other aspect of this conversation that, you know, kids have called me on it. They're like, well, you know, we should all wait. And don't know why are you saying that? I'm like, it's not, you know, I think that we, when we have these conversations with kids, we also have to leave room that like maybe something is going on with them or maybe something has happened. And when we say, when we set like, you know, we just, it's important in the language to like make it as open as possible so that they never feel like, okay, well, uh oh, did mm-hmm. I have I already disappointed them? Because kids don't want to disappoint us. And this is a big, this is a big section of the disappointment, you know, uh attachment for kids, like this particular area. Mm-hmm. And so we it's important to, I would just say, like, you know, I think this is what we're all saying. It's like important to keep the language as like loving and open and factual and, you know, nurturing as possible just in case there's something else. So we can guide them, but we also have to control for the fact that maybe there's something else already going on. And hopefully it's not, but sometimes it is. (laughs) Yeah, this is a big, a big one. I'm not there yet either. So I'm, I think I'm with Sean just listening to you guys (laughs) and, and, uh, yeah. Now I have had some of these conversations with again some teens and stuff I've worked with and and uh, in my office in a therapeutic sense, but it's a I, it's a little easier for me to have that conversation with them. I would say emotionally because I'm I'm not their parent, mm-hmm. and as I think about my my daughter who one day will be uh, a, an adult, you know I'm just 
hearing from you guys is helpful to hear where you are and, and definitely what I've thought. I'm sure Sean's thought, Sean has also thought this the same thing is like, oh yeah, that's going to be a big one. And how do we, how do we talk about that? And I think the thing that I keep coming back to that one that Kimmy talked about in the book and that I hear time and time again and, and just therapeutically is it's, it's about being present and connected and open and, and a lot of listening, I think. Um, and from teens, what I hear is listening first. I think adults don't listen enough. I think it's that like at listening and then also saying, okay, with, with the older kids is like, how do you want mm-hmm. me to respond here? We were talking about this, Nate, in your comments the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we were in conversation, Nate's social comment um, about how important it is to just say, okay, they don't want you to, they don't want to fix mm-hmm. all the time. You know, they right. don't necessarily, and that's a big mm-hmm. dad thing. Dads are great at fixing, but girls yeah. especially don't want you to fix it a lot. <laughs> I've been hit with so, that one too. Yeah, you're so good at that. It just doesn't apply here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do that with my wife. Yeah, and it's like now we have this rule. It's like, all right, are you looking for support? Mm-hmm. Or are you like, what are you looking for? What do you want right. out of this? Because that's yeah. the direction I'm going to take. Because like instinct is always like fix, fix, mm-hmm. which generally yeah. makes things so much worse. Yeah, I still I say exactly what you say, and then I mess up every time. <laughs> Yeah, what you can do <laughs> duct tape is silver you know, I don't know I think it's like you know you don't have to be perfect mm. there it's so important the main thing is that you're talking and like I, I said it before it's like they may not listen to you they may get mad at you but they mm. can hear you and if they know that you're trying that is so mm. important even if you're you know messing up you're still mm. trying <laughs> My my oldest did actually verbalize that just straight up to me. He, it was something that had happened and she was crying and she was talking to me and I was sitting there and I think she could tell that I was like building the Lego of success while she was talking to me. I had this, it's going to be done. As soon as she says, as soon as she gives me a break, I'm going to put the piece. And she goes, and dad, sometimes I know you know how to fix everything, but sometimes I don't want you to give me a solution. I just want you to just hear me. And I was, I was gobsmacked and she was just straight as ever, like with so much conviction and she was crying, which makes me want to buy her a pony. And I'm just like, I'm like, Oh man, I do that. I'm like, I do that. And it's so easy to do it. It's super duper easy. And it's super hard to, cause you want to, you want to stop the hurt. Mm-hmm. But but sometimes she just wants to uh, share the hurt with somebody else mm-hmm. that cares. Yes. And so when when she does that, I'm just like, I'm I want to just cry with you then. Like I'm I, like I might not make myself cry because that might make you like uncomfortable. But I'm here with you in this moment, mm-hmm. and and that's helped. And I that's one of those things, Kimberly, you put in the book. Like s- sometimes you just need to hear it over and over and over again. And me as a dad. I need to continue to hear it so that I can not try to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It's about being seen. And you can always go back. You know, it's about being yeah. seen and, and met where they are. And that creates that going back to the question is it creates safety, right? If you know, they feel safe by being seen and that kind of, and that same thing with our, with partners, the same thing is, is the fix is often listening and meeting them where they are. So that's often the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I do couples yeah. therapy, that's often, Hey, that's the first thing often that I teach a lot of the men more so is just listen, just listen to what she's saying, be present, ask her what she needs. That's the fix. 
Now, we may get to yeah. you fixing it differently later, but in the moment. And the same thing, I think, with, with, with teens and, and daughters is the same thing, is just listen and validate, and then you're going to have your opportunity to say what you need to say um, over and over and over again. Yeah, without them maybe listening to you until they're 28. But it's still really important to give the advice. Yeah. Well, it's not even advice. I think I would say wisdom. I think it's more than advice. I think, wisdom, yeah. You know, um, wisdom, <laughs> definitely wisdom. Wisdom, <laughs> the beard says wisdom. it all. <laughs> it is. I mean, I would say I wisdom comes up a lot, right? And it comes up for me with men, especially who are like, "Well, what do I know about this?" And I'm like, "You know so much about this. Like, even if you feel like love is a big one. Love is my favorite topic to teach. Um, and I talk to this. I have a course on it for parents and. I'm like, you may not feel like you have wisdom, but you totally do. Like it's just, we take all of us in all of our fields and we take so much of our knowledge for granted. And so much of what we know and learn is applicable for our teenagers. So, so you have the wisdom. They are just going to talk to you. Like you don't, that doesn't mean that you don't mm. have it. <laughs> They're not going to let you know that you are. Awesome. You're not going to get it from them. You're going to have to just text me and be like, I still have wisdom, right? And I'm going to be like, yeah, I promise. Um. <laughs> and I'm wondering as we, if we kind of come to a close for you guys, and then I'll, I'll kind of uh, close this out. But, you know, you, you pick a question that you want to answer. One, either what's the hope, you know, let's say your daughter's now 30. What are you hoping for? in your relationship with her or you could say how would you how would you get this into the dad's hands like how would you pitch it to a guy who you think could benefit from it uh, i'm literally gonna be like bro here <laughs> i mean like that's what it's, i mean seriously like here i i finished it I, i'm gonna need it back so you can get your own copy but do yourself a favor like that's what it really is that yeah. do yourself a favor as far as the hope, honestly, at 30, I'm, I'm, I've said this before and I think I've seen it in posts. Uh, I just, I want my kids, all of them, I want them to have those moments in life where they say, like, instead of like, what will dad say? They'll say, I need to call my dad. Mm -hmm. And so for my, my daughters, like, I just want them to, I want them to want to call. I want mm -hmm. them to want to talk. Um, that's, that's really where it is. I want them to mm -hmm. want to talk to me. I look forward to if my by the time my kids are 30, I look forward to telling them that I believe in them when they come to me with things that are going on in their life and tell them that I trust how smart they are and how much they've learned and who they are in the way that they raise their child. And I'm just going to love watching. It. And yeah, I'm going to laugh at them when they do stuff and I'll tell them about how I have to laugh at my own self. Remember when I did the same thing with you? And oh yeah, like I look forward to yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as far as this book, I think it is one of the most important books for a husband and a wife or two partners, however you frame it, to go through it together. Mm. Because um, one person may be more informed on the experiences of the book while the other one is kind of getting handheld through it. So one person may only need to read it once and the other one might have to do it twice, <laughs> but it, it'll, it'll, it gives a, it gives a different voice to the experiences that we we've all had. And it gives a, a different perspective for us 
to even view our partners in and be like, oh, man, I should have <laughs> never said that. And, uh, and yeah, it'll help your marriage, everybody. <laughs> it will. It will help your marriage. It totally will help your marriage. Yeah. There's a section in the back called Fathers Asking Questions that's largely mm-hmm. about partner mm-hmm. dynamics. Yeah. Um, for me, man, 30 years, that's a long ways away for me, but, uh, yeah, I hope my relationship with my daughters is, you know, focused around them making decisions and living their lives for them and nothing to do with me, um, other than wanting support and and love, but not trying to make decisions based on what I think. And I hope that, um, just based off my journey and my relationship with my parents, I hope by that age, we have transitioned a little more into that. This is just a very, like, I'm just a very important person in their life. I'm still dad, but I'm also a friend and somebody that they can talk to about anything. And that, you know, our relationship again, is at a point where they're living their lives for themselves. And I'm just there as just to provide wisdom when they ask it uh, as their Mm -hmm. friend and their father. So I don't know. They're three in three weeks. So we'll see what happens in the next No, but you know, three, three (laughs) going on 30, Sean. Three going on 30. Yeah. That's it. 30 comes faster than you think. Yeah. And then the book itself, uh, I've already told a couple of my buddies that, that have daughters the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, do you stress about like all this stuff? And they're like, yeah, man, I'll tell them like, okay, you got to read this book. Cause I'm like, I know it's a long ways away. Cause like all my buddies' kids are around the same mm-hmm. age as mine. And I'm like, I know like this stuff we're not going to deal with for a while, but I'm like, it's just get it off your brain. Man. Like, just know that there's, there's like, there's, there's ways yeah. through this and like, you're going to be good. And like, you don't have, it's not as big of a deal yeah. as you think it is. I'm like, just, just read the book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's my pitch. I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm the same as far as the book, you know, I steal from all you guys like, yeah, here you, I've talked about this so much just on everywhere. Like you need to buy this book. It's for everybody. Um, giving it to guys, you know, uh, gifting it to them, you know, thankfully for Amazon, it's easy to do that. And they have no idea how it got there. It's just like, it shows up <laughs> and, uh, it's like, oh, I should read this. So definitely it's, it really is. I really can't, can, cannot stop talking how much I appreciate this book. And, and for Kimmy, reaching out to me. In fact, she reached out to me, guys. Um, she, she called me, um, cool. she called <laughs> me. So, and that was really cool. I kind of, it was, you know, and obviously an Instagram, it goes into that, you know, you have to go in and it's the, whatever that mm-hmm. the request of like, you know, all the junk you get. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then we started talking and I'm so glad that, that she did because it, it's, it's, it's making me a better dad already. Um, and I get to share this information with others and, and got to have you guys in on it too. Like, I mean, that's like, this is the trickle effect. And then you guys get to share it with your, your dad friends and, and mom friends and all those things. And all your following people that follow you and look to you on, on the social media that we call Instagram and TikTok. Um, and, and it gets to get in the hands of hopefully even, you know, soon to be dads of like, wow, there's something out there for me, you know, and I get to read this, mm-hmm. this book and, uh, with future daughters and, um, so that's one thing with the book. I love it. I can't stop talking how much I love it. And then as far as my daughter, when she's 30, I know she's you. you know only going to be two. But this is really for both all my, all my kids. Um, and it's something that I hear, it, you know, there's themes I hear as a therapist all the time. 
um, about what kids really needed and what they needed to hear and the, and the shame that they feel. And often that I'm working with them to kind of overcome and heal from. And the thing I'm hoping them, you know, to, I know we're talking about daughters, but my boys, but for my daughter, is that she knows that she has value, that she's enough, that she is important, that she's loved. Um, and that she's and that she's worth, right? That she is worth. Uh, and with that, knowing that, like that's going to give her own self-identity that she doesn't have to find a bunch of crappy ways and try and fill that hole when she's feeling like, you know, versus the opposite of feeling worthless or not enough or not important or not valued because I hear that so often in my office. And when people are stuck in that shame, they're trying to fill it with all this junk in this world and it just creates more pain and trauma and hurt for them and more confusion. And so my hope is that that is nowhere near them, that when that lie comes, because it does for all of us, that they know like in their soul deep down that no, this is true. And knowing because I, I tell them that, right? That they know that because I've told it to them day in and day out. And then I've not only told them, but I've embodied it with them. And that, that, and my hope too, honestly, is that by 30 that we're hanging out and having fun. Like I would love just to yeah. like hang out with them and, and be someone that they want to hang out with versus like, oh, how dad's coming like oh man you know like mm. i don't want i don't want that of, you know, oh i don't want, I don't want that. that of like thinking like okay you know we have to have a boundary and we have to like make sure we, you know we're only there for an hour and we have an exit like i don't want that like i want them to think like i want to hang out with my dad and yeah. and and go on a hike right <laughs> like kimmy and her dad and 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 laugh and, and be that peer, but also know that I could always be that dad for them at 30, like fill into that role if they need it at any time. But knowing that like all the other guys said, mm-hmm. they're still independent and a strong, you know, you know, confident, capable, healthy daughter, woman. Um, but I could also at any time I'm there to kind of be that father for them and that peer. And so that's my hope. And like, that's what I, my aim. And I feel like if all my kids know that I, I'm good. Like I could die happy man, father, husband, friend, like mm-hmm. every, nothing else really matters because all the other stuff, money, yes, there's stressors and stuff, but at the end of the day, like that's the most important thing because it makes everything else uh, like manageable. You could overcome those things because at their core, they know that this is who I am yeah. and I could go to my dad. So that's, that's what I want. And um, that's why I'm doing all this is like, hey, if I could learn and, and continue growing, like, why not at this point? Like, that's my call. That's my mission. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, in other words, Travis, pretty much getting that phone call, like Kimmy's dad did, about her uh, conference and being like, yeah. I'll fly out. Like, let's, <laughs> let's hang out. Let's share a yeah. hotel room. Let's, uh, oh, totally. let's I'll be fun. I'll be in tears. I, I'm yeah. sure I'll be crying and just like, I'll hang <laughs> up the phone too, and right? be like, done. Like, on the fl- puddle of tears of joy. Just like, yeah, I made it. Yeah, and it's okay if she's like, "Yeah, and Dad, don't embarrass me." (laughs) As I'm, that that right there, absolutely. And I think that's what all we we all want. I think, man, and I can't, I can't wait to see what the next generation is. If this is kind of what we're getting more dads doing now, and the the shifting and learning from our fathers too, like they're learning from their strengths and their areas that they kind of messed up. And if we can take that, like, I'm excited to hear that maybe there'll be less you know, daughters in therapy needing to, to deal with this stuff because we're making a change now. That's my hope. If we could shift the tide significantly, let's do it. Like, why not? Um, so guys and Kimmy, thank you so much for being on the show. And 
any all those who are listening um, on the playback on the audio or if you're watching on the playback on YouTube in the description there'll be links to all of their Instagram profiles Jason Nate and Sean um, great dads to follow on Instagram different content but all great they all care clearly about their family and their daughters and their and the um, and their sons at least for uh, Jason and Nate if Sean has ever has a son um, he will too um, but they care about their partners they're involved um, they're doing great things out there to kind of again share positive messages about being a father and really all the things we talked about tonight same with Kimmy I'm going to share her Instagram account there'll be a link direct to the book as well as Kimmy's website please go check it out gift it to you know a dad you know uh, share it you know it's a great it'll be a great Christmas gift um, to get or or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate during the holiday season uh, to give to give away. Um, any final? And it's also available it on is. Audible. <laughs> it's available. Yes, it on is. Um, any it final is. closing thoughts, Kimmy? Before we say say goodbye, any final encouragement for dads? I guess you want to close us out. Oh my goodness! I always say you are doing so much right that so much more right than it ever mm. feels like, especially when it comes mm. to your girls. And I'm just I'm just so honored. Thanks for having me be part of this conversation. And thanks for coming, everybody. These conversations are really what it's all about for me really feel so strongly about the role of fathers and this chasm that we're crossing and the movement that's happening and how important it is for all of us to support each other. And so thank you for coming. And thank you in advance for buying my book and sending it to everyone that you know. (laughs) Well, Thank you, guys. Everyone have a great night. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.